April. Hope you're all doing well. And hello, Tony. What's up, Spacebub Messier? Oh, sorry. I'm over here literally yelling into the microphone and I was on mute. So not sure if you guys heard my uh, jingle coming in. It looks like the app closed me out when I went to go share it on Instagram. But hello, hello. What's up? What's up? Hello, Tony. How's it going? Um, hello, Katavia, Nicholas. But hello, please tell me that Spaceboat Messier is at Kennedy Space Center. Please tell me you're there right now doing coverage of uh, the Crew 4 launch, which I think is happening possibly today. I think it might be happening today. So for any of you who have tuned in to our launches episode. We usually at the end of every month, we'll talk about what launches are coming up for the upcoming month. And one of them was uh, for the crew, um, the upcoming crew mission. And I think it was crew four, I believe. So let me just go ahead, tap that in. I saw that on the Instagram happenings, got a few friends that are down there right now, space crew four, Looks like it. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, it's go for launch on April 27th. Okay. So that's in two days. Um, but also I just got a notification from Space Flight Now. Love that app or Space Launch Now. Uh, kind of like two different things. Um, not two different things. Same thing, but I think one of them they have the domain for and the other one, the launch, the app has the name. Either way, got a notification saying that the crew won for Axiom one mission splashdown in the Gulf of Mexico. I should go down there. I'm not too far being out here in Texas. So I should probably go ahead and check that out. Yes, Galactic Gal is there. Uh, Becca is there as well. So Becca doing things is her Instagram. Got to meet her at a NASA socials for a cargo mission by uh, SpaceX. Um, I didn't even think to apply to the NASA socials. Um, so they're out there on a NASA socials retreat, I would call it. Um, I've gone to do four of them and they're super duper fun. Um, if you haven't taken part in NASA socials, I highly recommend it. Um, it isn't just for us. I've had friends from, um, other countries with different types of, uh, either visas or, uh, citizenships. And they've been able to also take part in, NASA socials. So um, I highly encourage you to do it. I didn't even think to apply to it for never done a, a I've never seen a launch with people. So uh, like a crew on it with astronauts, that'd be really cool. Um, so all right, let me just go ahead and check out your messages. Rocket, NASA excellent. Yes, I've done it. And I want to so bad. Yeah, you've never done it. Oh, it's so much fun. Have you have you applied yet? You should definitely apply like several times. Um, and then maybe even like mention that like you've had, you know, like, Name drop like your friends, like be like, yo, like my friends, like, you know, like Galactica, Athena told me about this, you know, like two, two different people, three different people. Because when I first joined, it was from a friend um, who like, yeah, we met each other through like, uh, like video production and, and, and theatrical production. And um, she she has a background in, in engineering as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it just was was like really cool because I had learned about this, like not really from social media. I learned about it just from word of mouth. And so uh, I, when I applied, I was saying, oh, I was told by, you know, Jennifer Highwell and, uh, you know, like, and, and she spoke very highly of it. So it might go a long way or maybe it won't, but I think it might, might help to, to know that like, you know, the word is spreading and you're hearing about it from your fellow fellow friends. So definitely do that. Alrighty. Awesome. So as you guys might already know, uh, this episode, we usually will chat about, um, things that you can catch in the night sky 
different things that are happening in space. We talk a little bit about space history and, of course, then the uh, moon phase that we're in and typically deep sky objects. However, there aren't any more deep sky objects for the rest of the month. The next ones aren't even visible until later in May. Um, but this being said, it, it, there are still deep sky objects you can see with the right telescope. So uh, w when I cover deep sky objects, it's typically ones that are in like favorable conditions. So it's really either located very high in the sky or it is a little bit easier to see with not as fancy of equipment. So maybe using a set of binoculars or a telescope uh, that rather than like some massive, you know, just digital light reflecting telescope that's probably really expensive. Um, so with that being said, uh, that's typically what I'll usually do when I, when I chat about that. But let's kind of hop into it. We've got quite a few events happening this week. And um, I'm going to start off with April 26th. So that is tomorrow night. We've got the moon passing four degrees south of Venus at about 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, this is going to go from the 26th all the way until about the uh, about the 27th. Um, there's been uh, other alignments uh, were, were earlier, like a few days ago, that I included in the previous transmission. Uh, but basically, what you can see is the uh, moon that is now turning into a new moon. So um, it is a waning crescent coming out of first uh, last quarter. So it's shrinking in size. It's passing through the constellation Capricornus. This is at dawn, about 45 minutes before sunrise. And as it's passing through this uh, constellation, it passes by a few planets. So on the 26th, it passes by Venus. Also on the 26th, it then passes four degrees south of Neptune. So really great ideal conditions if you're doing stargazing. That'll be about 11 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Again, facing your southeast horizon. This is for my northern hemisphere friends. If anyone here is in the southern hemisphere, can you go ahead and just leave me a comment and let me know where you are, uh, where you are viewing from. And then April 27th, the moon passes about four degrees south of Jupiter. Now, this is early in the morning. It's about 4 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, looking southeast. And if you remember us kind of talking about how to measure degrees in the sky, if you hold your fist out at arm's length from your index finger knuckle to your pinky knuckle is approximately five degrees in the sky. And so four degrees, let's just go ahead and make it a little bit smaller. So remove about a pinky distance. So your pinky is about one degree. Moving into April 27th, Venus now passes just below Neptune. Um, and this is at 3 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So Northern Hemisphere friends, uh, you won't be able to see it because the sun is going to be out. But for anyone who is uh, not, not, not even Southern Hemisphere, excuse me, but like going further east. So moving towards like Thailand, moving towards Europe, moving towards anyone who is moving forward in time zone um, is kind of like ahead of ahead of ahead of us uh, time wise. You should be able to see this pretty late your time. Uh, so if you want to do a little bit of stargazing. Lastly, we've got April 29th. Mercury reaches greatest eastern elongation. This is at 21 degrees, approximately 4 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So that is, again, once it's in its orbit, uh, Mercury between Earth and the Sun. It's now over onto its eastern side. So this is over on, um, from our perspective, it is orbiting around the Sun it is about half illuminated, half dimmed, because part of it is facing the sun, the other part is facing away from the sun. 
And in perspective to our orbit, um, it is now reaching our left-hand side. So I know this might be a little bit confusing as far as eastern western goes. For the planet, its east is our west because we're facing it. But either way, look at a diagram. I highly recommend checking that out. But the most thing that you'd want to know about the difference between eastern elongation or western elongation is just the time that it is now going to be visible. So it's coming out of being a, an early morning planet that's been visible to now it's going to be visible in our evening sky. So that is basically what helps uh, with us understanding elongation. Then moving into, oh, it looks like we've got someone watching from Paris, France. Oh, I love that. That's so great. You might have a lot of light pollution, but hopefully you have an area where you can you can see the sky. And I understand. I remember trying to do stargazing in New York City. It was quite difficult. Um, but I really hope that you get to get to see some some stuff. Then we've got an April 29th, Mercury passes the Pleiades open star cluster just below the Hyades, another open star cluster in the Taurus constellation. This is facing your west-northwest horizon approximately 45 minutes after sunset. This is on the 29th. And we got two more events, uh, quite a lot of events going on. Um, and then I'm curious to see if anyone wants to join and, and ask anything. I would be curious if Space But Messier wants to join. Um, if you do, just shoot me shoot me a comment in the chat because I'd love to chat a little bit about Space But Messier, just a little impromptu uh, conversation. That'd be, that'd be pretty fun. I'd love uh, for you guys to learn a little bit about what Tony is doing. A um, little quick shout out, actually. Y'all should check out his TikTok, uh, Space But Messier. Um, and you know what? I'm going to even check out. Let's see. I'm going to check out your website. You guys should go to spacebookmessier.com. I'm just going to do an ultimate, ultimate shout out right now to to Tony. You guys should definitely look that out. Look that up. Um, see what he's been doing. He's been making some really great content on, on TikTok. But even before that, when we first met was actually, I think it was at the International Space Development Conference. Was it ISDC? Um ISDC, I think it was because I remember I bought this miniature microphone to plug into my phone because of Tony. And um, I've only actually used it like once, I have to say. I thought it was going to blow my mind away, but I, I realized I haven't done like up and close personal interviews like that, um, which is what that microphone is really helpful for. It's basically a small attachment you can just plug directly into your phone. And um, yeah, it was, it was just like, it blew my mind. <laughs> When we first met, I was like, whoa. Um, so yeah, let's definitely have you on. Um, that would be that'd be really fun. We've got one more, two more events, uh, if you can wait, and then I'll, I'll, I'll have you hop on. On April 30th, Venus is visible. It's going to be passing about 0 0.2 degrees south of Jupiter. Uh, again, this is during the daytime. So for my friends in northern, in, uh, in more of the western uh, part of of the world you probably won't be able to see it but those who are in the eastern part of the world and it is nighttime by you you should be able to catch that and then lastly we have a partial solar eclipse at 4 p.m eastern daylight time on april 30th that's all i'm going to say for the partial solar eclipse because i'm going to schedule another episode specifically on that and how you can view it or watch it potentially depending on where you're located all right tony let's get you on here okay let's edit the room and make this open. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's see. 
Let's invite Tony on. Okay, I just sent you an invite to become a speaker if you would like to unmute your mic. I see that you just popped up here. All right, the unmute button is on the bottom right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. What's up, Tony? (laughs) You you totally did not have to bring me up, but I I would love to chat with you, of course. Oh, my gosh. No, yeah, I just just had to, you know, like I I saw you on here and I definitely I think I almost everyone here I've had a chance to at least speak to once on Space Talk. I know there's a couple a couple people here. I'm looking at your at your icons. You don't know who you are, but or maybe you know who you are. I haven't had a chance to bring them on just yet. Um, so I couldn't pass up the opportunity. But what's up? Tell me what's what's new. What's the most recent launch you've been to? And and oh, what man. have you been working on? I'm I'm so disappointing. Here we go. Um, well, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I okay. I was I've been taking a little break because I I started my master's program, um, which I think oh I told that's you about, exciting. Like, a long time ago. I yeah. It. Yeah. Oh, um, congrats. Thank you. Um, I actually, so I tried to start it when my daughter was born like four years ago. Yeah. And I failed out because having a newborn and doing a master's program is like, yeah, no, no way. And oh, I, I can't imagine. Out. And um, yeah. And, and I had a bunch of health issues. And so I emailed them back like a year and a half ago and was like, hey, is there, here's all the stuff that went on. Is there any chance I can give this another try? And they were like, yeah, that all sucks. You can totally come back. (laughs) Wow. That's so good. Yeah, it was good. So I, I've been finding that it's really, really tough to learn at the grad level and then teach as well with, with now two kids and another, a third one on the way now. Oh Um, my gosh. I want to say congratulations because that is very exciting. Uh, But at the same time, I hope you can for sure find ways to balance that too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm, um, I'm in the process, but it's definitely been like um, it's definitely been a season of consuming rather than creating, which has been kind of mm-hmm. nice, you know, because the grind of of creating content, you, you kind of it can kind of get you in this, it can kind of get you down, right? Like, yeah. we, we do all this content creation, we love it, right? We love educating and we love teaching, mm-hmm. but for for me, it started to become something I I had to do, right? When I wanted to give like more time to my family and my kids and. And I was like, I don't think that I'm currently doing this. Obviously, it's still benefiting people, but um, I had to like take a step back. Anyway, so I, yeah. I lowered no, it so on good. the priority list. It was so hard. I hated it so much, but um, but I'm glad I did. And yeah. I've been, you know, just kind of doing my program, and I'm almost done with it, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm in kind of like the hell month right now. I doubling up on classes so that I can be like done with my classes but when the baby comes in September but yeah uh, I was like just hanging around I was like okay time to like get back into this time to like see what people are doing who are who are some really good content creators I can watch again and I was like man I I think Athena said she was starting a podcast I really want to like listen to it just because I need something in the car and I kind of missed you know I'm, I'm never on Instagram um just because yeah, of a love hate relationship with Instagram, and so I um, I get that. Yeah, for <laughs> I sure. Was curious on what you were doing, and I saw you were doing this, and I was like, I had never heard of Colin before, and I was I'm really active on um on like Twitter Spaces and uh, Clubhouse, and this seems very similar to Clubhouse, but it's it's different. Anyway, I found yeah. you. I was like, I found you a week ago, and I was just pumped. I was like, okay, as soon as I get a notification for one when I'm not like not in a meeting, I'm totally joining so I can listen in. Oh, 
Well, I'm so, first of all, I'm so excited that you joined. I, I'm oh, so happy because uh, that, that's, yeah, it's, it is a similar format, I think, to just kind of like any kind of podcasting thing. But what's really great about it is you get to save and edit the episodes afterwards and create like oh. sm- small snippets called highlights. And it directly now cross shares to Spotify and Apple podcasts. So I also Ooh. have this podcast on there now. I know. I know. It's just next level. I <laughs> love this app <laughs> so really much. Cool. It's so great. It's so great. I like that as a comment section. And, and, and yeah, that's really helped, I think, kind of just hit it off with with um, having it not be so much a one-way monologue sometimes. Wow. Um, oh, that's so much better than like trying to get people on Zoom and then editing it all yourself and all that. Oh, stuff. yeah. That's very cool. Uh, it's it's probably so crazy. It's like an, a different level, I think, doing, uh, yeah, like maybe podcasting, doing Zoom, because I can't imagine all the hours yeah. spent to, to just do audio editing. Oh, um, gosh, yeah. That, yeah. that was one of the reasons why I couldn't do it anymore. It was like I would have these hour-long conversations and then it's like three hours of editing and I just don't, uh, I don't have time yeah. right now, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you should consider like making a profile here on on Colin and starting a show. Well, you have a profile already, but yeah, like starting up a show because that would be that'd be super cool. I would definitely, I would definitely tune in. But maybe after your your children are are a little bit older and the newborn (laughs) reaches age four or something. (laughs) So, um, I wanted, um, yeah, just really quickly about what you were saying before I hopped on about the, the night sky. This is something that, um. I'm actually very ashamed of, uh, rightfully so. You should just absolutely shame me when I say this. But No, um, what is it? I've, I've never seen the Milky Way, and I've never had good viewing conditions. I've never viewed the sky outside of Orange County before. And so I've wow. literally, I've only ever viewed Jupiter, mm-hmm. um, Andromeda, and the moon. That's the only things I've ever seen through a telescope. And so, I mean, that's oh, and, still pretty great. That's no, still pretty is, good. it is totally cool. It is yeah. cool, but um, I'm going to Georgia next week. Uh, for a whole week and my uncle kind of lives in the middle of nowhere and I'm literally using I'm literally bringing um one pair of I'm wearing all the clothes I'm bringing and my luggage is my telescope and I cannot wait because that's I just, so great I can't wait oh <laughs> so, that's so awesome oh man, I it, it's a good thing she's talking about all this because I'm going to need all this knowledge this week yeah oh well this is so great because since you're going this week the new moon is on the 30th and so it's getting darker and darker right now and like less luminous so this is the perfect time to see the milky way so um if you can like yeah find a way to like just kind of map out your location to see where you could catch the milky way um do you have the app sky guide i don't okay i highly recommend downloading it everyone else here as well i'm going to type it in the chat it's just called sky and then guide um, there's also Sky Safari, uh, and then also Sky Safari Plus. So I'll put that in parentheses. Um, I highly recommend downloading a Sky Guide is very user friendly. Sky Safari Plus can be a little bit complicated. It's a little oh. bit more technical, but um, still, I think I have a cheap great. version of Sky Guide. Yeah. Okay. So I've got okay. this one that. Oh, this looks like a super nice version. Okay. Cool. I'm downloading it. Yay! Okay, good, good. It's it's so great. And you can even type in the Milky Way. It'll it'll, it'll, ha- it'll like point to it, so you can rotate the phone until you eventually reach where it would be in your sky, wow. and then you can see when it'll rise and what time it'll set and all this other stuff. Um, oh, cool. 
So I really hope you catch that. Um, I did want to say one more point about what you mentioned uh, as far as like, um, and if you want to totally sign off, you totally can as well um, if you have things to do. Uh, I just wanted to mention about what you were saying, going into kind of more consumer, like consuming content rather than kind of producing it. Um, and that's such an important thing because like we're kind of, we're supposed to be writing, I think not supposed to, but it's okay to sort of think that like we're riding waves rather than constantly generating the wave, whether you are like a create a content creator or you're a teacher. And I feel this way as a bar instructor as well, because I realize like, you know, I've been really enjoying being a student again and not teaching. And I'm even debating, I have an audition tomorrow. Like, do I actually want to go back into teaching again? Because I just get a different experience when I'm learning from different kinds of instructors and different techniques. Um, and it's similar to content, right? And like space stuff and, and just sort of consuming what everyone else is making. And I kind of did something similar where I like, I wasn't on basically for the whole week and, and, uh, or I just won't post anything and I'll kind of just check out what everyone else is doing. Um, and that's great. You know, like that's perfectly fine because as far as we know too, I think these apps are relatively you know, like infinite in their data storage currently, just hopefully we don't reach a crash where everything disappears, but cause it will all be like, Oh my God, all that work. Hopefully we'll have yeah. hard drives. Um, I think, um, this is something I've actually, I've thought about and struggled with a lot over the last probably two years, you know? So, so I work in marketing and, mm -hmm. I work for companies that um, it's like email marketing and direct response stuff. Um, mm -hmm. It's very in your face uh, kind of spammy marketing. Now I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff just because I'm still stuck in this industry. And as soon as I can hop over to space industry, I am, but it provides for the family, you know, that whole, that whole jig. So yeah, um, for sure. And so for me, it's so front of mind that like all I do at work is try to say whatever we can say or type whatever we can type to get the viewer's attention. And, oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. And so when I was tr on TikTok and, and um, like YouTube and things like that, um, I would start to create content and I would do these things. And then at work, all we care about is virality. You have to have the perfect subject line, the perfect thumbnail, the perfect this, that, and the other. And I was, th those like skills were starting to bleed into space, but messier. And mm -hmm. it's things started to become like, I was just, I felt like I was just making content for the sake of being consistent. Um, you know, because yeah. consistency is so important, but I wasn't so much focusing on the quality. And so I, I think I took a forced break when I had like a bit of a, I don't know what really to call it. I, I basically had, I ran out of hours in the day and I had to reprioritize. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up dropping Facebook Messier just like uh, temporarily until my degree was finished and I ended up diving into this degree and oh my gosh you, you are so right like having to switch between creating content and consuming content I am loving being a student again like I I can't wait to sit down later tonight and start like my seven page paper that's due at the end of the week I just can't wait I love that you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so nice and and I'm watching like science communicators oh all these women these females are taking over and I can't get enough of it like they're yeah. doing such a good job, you know, on TikTok and Instagram. And, and so I'm taking notes, you know, and all, all that's the mental notes. And so I think that I'm really excited for the time when I'm ready, you know, maybe beginning of next year or something like that. But um, it's just so cool to, you know, you got to like, you got to refill the, refill the, the meter, you know? For sure. Yeah. And that, that, that's like, yeah, that's, uh, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like refilling like your stomach in a way. It's like, you know, if, if you're just like, 
you got to always like refill yourself and refuel yourself with food. And otherwise you're right. just going to go, you know, be, be starving and like that it's, you know, or lose motivation. And, um, but yeah, you're say, completely right about that. What you said about balance is I think is the biggest struggle, right? Because for me, I'm seeing, seeing it's seeming like it's a 100% content creation or 100% not. And so there's mm-hmm. this balance, um, where people are be able to, are able to be consistent all the time while constantly replenishing themselves with motivation and rest. And so yeah. I think that's the next kind of hurdle to jump. It seems like you, um, I, I'm not saying how easy it is for you. I'm just saying it seems like you're pretty good at staying consistent. So I admire that a lot. Oh, thanks. I think it, where that came from was literally choosing like two or three pretty repeating things, which is what I just did probably like, I don't know, at the, the near end of COVID, which was when I started the email, uh, like so my you newsletter. Have your email, and then are you still doing your, um, your videos on Instagram too? I do not so much. Um, okay. I haven't been making them as much. I did feel like it started to get repetitive, just sort of sharing the same kind of thing over and over again of like, you know, what you could see in the night sky and then like what's in space history. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing, but I just, I don't know. I just sort of like, it, it was one thing was the move. Like I moved to Austin recently. And so like oh God, I, I everything it. was in boxes. Oh, it's so nice. You have to come uh. visit. <laughs> You've got to come visit. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so great. Um, I really love it. Was it just to be around like space industry? What was, is, is there anything else to the move? I mean, several, several different things. Um, okay, okay. I like to keep things personal, but definitely. No, yeah. Yeah. Um, but also to UT Austin is here. And I think, you know, about me like returning back to school. So I want to, I'm probably going to be finishing my, my degree online first, and then I want to go there for graduate school. And I think it'd be really cool because they have a great uh, affiliation with an observatory, the McDonald observatory, which isn't like too far. I mean, Texas is, is huge. One, so is that the like, one like in the super, um, dark sky environment in west texas yes mcdonald observatory yes it's west texas (laughs) it's basically like right on the coast with um right right on the border with uh uh new mexico so yeah definitely yeah it's up on like a really high hill too for those of you that don't know mcdonald observatory is basically surrounded i'm pretty sure by just dozens of miles of square foot of dark sky reserve so people are not allowed to turn on lights there is that something like that right i think so yeah i'm I'm on their website right now to check all that but i'm pretty sure that's what it is which is what really kind of blew my mind um yeah and you can't you know you can't really do this in in new york it's it's so tough and and i knew i didn't want to be there and then california i was like oh i don't know but just Ended up just sort of thinking, oh, well, I like the vibe in Austin. It's paddle boarding. It's super warm. It's humid. There aren't earthquakes. Like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, You're like, there's two months out of the year where it gets a little dicey weather-wise, but I think I'll be all right. Yeah, right, right. Like like a tornado, which recently kind of went by, but – but anyway, but yeah, well, Tony, I'm so glad you came on. Thanks for, thanks for be, taking this impromptu, uh, uh, call in. <laughs> hey, thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, I'm going to have a blast listening to the rest of your episode, but it was fun to catch up too. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Tony. And uh, to everyone else, I'm going to go ahead and share another link from Tony's website, which is Cosmology oh, Part my One. Goodness. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's such a great video. It's so high quality. Thank you. I it looks really appreciate so it. good. And the lamp, the rocket lamp. Does Emily Calandrelli, the space gal, also have something like this? Um, she, yes, she does. She, I've yeah, seen her share something one. like this. I didn't know if maybe you, you happen to. That was like to my one thing I geek out with on. her. It's an, it's just an Etsy find. 
Yeah. Really? It's a good one. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just your whole like backdrop of just all the Apollo patches, the golden record, just next level. Next level, vom- my friend. Vomited it all on the wall. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, do your thing. I'm going to hop down. Thanks so much. Adina. All right. So fun. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. You got it. Alrighty, everyone. So we've got, um, that was so much fun, by the way. So anytime um, anyone ever wants to call in and say hello, feel free to. Uh, but we've got a few more things to run through for this week as far as um, stuff that I've put together in the transmission. Uh, we've got a few space history events and then um, our astronomy term of the week. And so I guess term of the week this week is word of the week. And um, I chose Eclipse. And that's just because we do have a solar eclipse happening at the end of this month. Um, and there is going to be another eclipse. I think that it will be visible upcoming. I think it's in August that I'll, I'll definitely research all that before this week's episode on eclipses. Um, but what I basically put together and what I usually do with our astronomy word of the week, if you're familiar, I'll just sort of put together my own understanding of, of what this is. So like my own kind of definition, um, and then, of course, I'll double check in, just make sure I wasn't like way off, but usually usually I'm not too far off. So uh, I put an astronomical event where three bodies line up, uh, one including a star like our sun, and the celestial body in the middle will cast a shadow on the opposite body uh, by cutting off or blocking light from the star, or in this case, for us, the sun. Uh, and this is where a solar eclipse would come from. So I've attached a few different images and uh, GIFs in the newsletter as well. So you have a lunar eclipse where the Earth passes between the sun and the moon. And the Earth's shadow is so big because uh, the, well, the planet is so much bigger than the moon. So it casts a very large shadow that's kind of dim. And in this area is known as the penumbra. And then a very dark, dark shadow that's a really thin, uh, sh- like short of, sort of straight line. Uh, or straight triangle cut, and that's known as the umbra. So as the moon is moving in its orbit, orbit it passes through these two different levels of the Earth's shadows, kind of a lighter shadow and then a darker shadow, and then it continues and goes back to its full luminous uh, appearance. Now, if you've ever watched a lunar eclipse, um, it is not as... Uh, uh, prominently noticeable, I guess I'll say. It's still pretty beautiful uh, and magical, I would say, but it's not as noticeable as a solar eclipse. And that's because of uh, just, it's a very slight change from being kind of like a whitish gray color to this sort of reddish color. It's not like, boom, all of a sudden it's red. It does transition quite slowly and it's it's a little bit dim to see. At least this was when I saw it in New York City where it's very really light polluted. So I've never quite seen one that was like super prominent. And then we've got a solar eclipse and this is when the moon passes between the earth and the sun. And so the um, sun's shadow, well, so the, sorry, the sun's light is casting on the planet and then the moon is creating this teeny tiny little shadow that crosses that stretches across the earth and this is when you probably have seen if you looked at a map before of the um the path of totality this is following the path of the moon as it moves along its orbit casting that shadow on the earth um and it isn't always you know the full circular shape of the shadow of, of, of the moon. Sometimes it's only a part of it. This is known as a partial uh, um, 
solar eclipse. And this is when only part of the moon is blocking the sun. So every single one of these experiences, though, uh, keep on your glasses, keep on those solar glasses, those uh, either the white light filters or H alpha filters, you're going to want to protect your eyes from the sun. Uh, It's really important. Or build a planetarium, which is a box with a little pinhole. And then on the opposite side, just like a sheet of paper, and you can look through the box, not not pointing it towards the sun, pointing it away from the sun. And when the sun passes through that little pinhole, it projects this shape of the sunlight and then the shadow of of the moon. And it looks pretty cool. It kind of looks like a Pac-Man. All right. And then lastly, we've got our space history. Um, So actually, while we're talking about the moon and, and the sun, our moon phase of this week is the new moon on April 30th at 4.28 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So this is, as I mentioned earlier to Tony, a really good time to catch the Milky Way overhead. And that is because it is a new moon, so it's dark. It's not reflecting a bunch of sunlight. So you'll be able to see much dimmer stars, which usually is what is found in the Milky Way. Okay. Alrighty. So jumping into our last thing for today's episode of Space Talk is our space history. So I did jump... um, Backwards in time, which was yesterday, April 24th in 1990, was the launch of the Hubble Space Telescope. So um, that is also why I made today's image of this episode a picture of Hubble as it orbits around Earth. Um, The Hubble Space Telescope, we all know how much I, I love it. Maybe we don't, but I love it so much. I love all the pictures that come from this telescope. It's what really inspired me to pursue astronomy. And, um, you know, maybe that's a little bit easy to sway me, but I don't care. I think that's great uh, to see these really great pictures of space of these very mysterious objects was motivation for me to want to maybe unravel that mis- that mysteriousness a little bit. Then on April 25th in 2003, this is a quote I grabbed from NASA.gov, Russia launched Soyuz TMA-2 to begin at Expedition 7 where the Soyuz spacecraft delivered Russian commander Yuri Malenchenko and flight engineer Edward Liu to the International Space Station for a six-month stay. And during this mission, Liu became the first American to launch and land on a Soyuz spacecraft. Now, in case any of you guys didn't know, before SpaceX had uh, you know, done their very first Demo 2 mission, demo mission of, the, um, of the, the Crew Dragon capsule, uh, the United States always would pay one, about $81 million per seat to fly an American astronaut on the Soyuz capsule. Uh, even just a few years ago, this was before, again, um, that the Crew Dragon became accessible. And um, that was something that we'd, we'd used for a very long time, especially since the space shuttle program ended uh, in 2011, I believe was the year. All right, our last two space history events are April 26th in 1993. We've got one more quote from NASA.gov. I just decided to, 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 to quote it here just because I really like the way that they wrote it on NASA's website. It was this kind of a space history website I just found recently. And I was like, oh, this is great. Trying to expand my sources of, of information. NASA launched Space Shuttle Columbia, which carried the second reusable German Space Lab D2. During the STS-55 mission, two teams conducted 88 experiments. They also tested the German robotics experiment known as Rotex robotic arm. So this was a robotic arm. 
Uh, oh, I just said it, but you know, it's a robotic arm, guys, just in case you're wondering. Um, and then the mission specialist, Dr. Bernard Harris Jr., set up the first um, uh, line in space and injected saline into another crew member to help replenish body fluids lost in microgravity conditions. That's crazy. Imagine being in space and you're, so I'm guessing this was like an IV that they were taking. So it's like saline, which if you guys have ever gotten an IV for anything, whether it was like surgery or dehydration, or you just go to IV therapy treatments, which is a thing. Um, it usually is composed of saline solution to help hydrate the body. And then typically on top of that, there can be other added things like vitamins and maybe even medicine. Uh, this is, I think, how hospitals will sedate patients or even give them general anesthesia. Okay. And then lastly, on April 27th in 1786, William Herschel, which we've spoken about William Herschel quite a lot, William and Caroline Herschel. But William Herschel published his first catalog of 1,000 new nebulae and clusters of stars. So that is the title, Catalog of 1,000 New Nebulae and Clusters of Stars. So this was a new star catalog. Um, correction, not a star catalog. It was a new catalog of objects, deep sky objects, nebulae, and star clusters. So not individual stars, but star clusters. And so this was um, this was 1786. So uh, after Charles Messier had already put together quite a lot of astronomical objects in his catalog, um, and we've got this new one. This I don't believe this was the new general catalog. I believe that was something that was developed a little bit later on. Uh, but if you guys ever want to check that out, there are republished versions of this catalog that I was kind of possibly doing some shopping earlier for. <laughs> so could be pretty cool in case you got any space friends you want to get a gift for. Alrighty, everyone. Well, that's everything that I had included in my uh, weekly transmission. Uh, quite a lot of things. I know a lot, a lot of space events happening. So I get, I hope that you all get to kind of get outside and, and look up at the night sky and explore some of these things. Um, just want to say again, thanks so much for being here. Inspired by the title space, but Messier, exactly space, but Messier. Um, I, I love it. I don't know if you ever do it in a French accent. If you ever say Messier in a French accent, but that's probably not the best French accent. I just remember when I was in France, uh, I was, uh, kind of taught a little bit on how to get the ich and the r, messier. Uh, I don't know. I, I I would love to be corrected. I think there is someone here actually listening from Paris, France. So if you could please correct my 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 not so great um, French accent, please please let me know. Um, but alrighty, well that is about everything. Uh, I've got to wrap up here because I've got to run um, and get to something right now. But thank you all so much for joining. Um, not now we are even. Can't wait to have you on my show again. I speak zero French. Yes, awesome. Sounds great, Tony. And oh, sorry, Joshua. Just noticed that you were. Uh, if you don't mind, would you be able to join the next space talk? Um, that would be great. So if you could hang on to your question or maybe even type it in the chat of the next episode. Uh, we'll do eclipses next. So uh, thank you all so much again for joining this live and fun impromptu episode of What's in the Night Sky for last week of April. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, get outside, look up at the night sky, and add Astra. Astra.